Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin, coming to you immediately after the conclusion of day three of the 2023 NFL Draft, where the Falcons finished up their draft class with three selections, one in the fourth round and two in the seventh round. So they did, in fact, keep their seventh round pick. So I had to stay late along with all of our great guests. Uh, So, you know, this is coming to you a little bit later than it would have otherwise done so. But here to recap this draft class, talk about it a bit. Uh, I don't. I didn't want to wait until Monday for this one because I know people will want takes immediately on this class, and it's a very entertaining class to talk about. And uh, we're still going to be getting in, you know, obviously undrafted signings pretty much all night into tomorrow for the next couple days. Uh, the Falcons may or may not add a lot of UDFAs. Like I tweeted out today, there's only six spots on the roster so I wouldn't expect to see a ton of UDFAs but the Falcons could also elect to excuse me the Falcons could also elect to uh cut a few veteran guys a couple guys that are already on the roster to make room if they get guys that they really really like um so I will do another show uh next week to talk about the UDFA class we'll probably talk about them on Wednesday's Falcoholic Live as well but uh, let's let's get started here uh, with the Falcons' actual draft class. If you want to hear a more detailed breakdown about Bijan Robinson, you can see that uh, <clears throat> you can see that uh, already on this channel. Uh, we did that just uh, right after round one, so I won't spend like a ton of time on Bijan, but I I want to spend more time talking about the day two picks who we haven't really covered on here yet, and of course the day three selections that have just come in. Um, so. You know, you guys, if you've listened to the draft party, which uh, don't need to go back and watch the whole thing. We, we went live for uh, almost 18 hours, maybe almost 19 hours total over the past three days. It was a lot of fun. Thanks to everyone who joined us for that. So much fun. Uh, we set a new show record with almost 600 concurrent viewers on day one. So uh, very exciting stuff. Appreciate everyone for coming out and joining us there. Um, yeah, before we get started, I want to thank today's sponsor, uh, this show is brought to you by betonline.ag, your number one source for all your sports betting needs, including info, stats, news, and scores. You can get the latest odds and lines for everything, including this year's NBA playoffs, or perhaps you love this draft class, you're feeling overly confident in the Falcons, right? You can bet on Atlanta right now to win the NFC South before the rest of the league catches up to that hype train. Uh, no matter what you do, though, Bet Online is always your sports information headquarters as they've got you covered for all your sports wagering needs, basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, all the way to UFC and boxing. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code believe b l e a v to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts so let's dive right into it you guys know my thoughts on the bijan pick like i said i won't spend too much time talking about it again i, I love it you know we we talked about bijan robinson for months leading up to this uh 
I don't want to you know take complete credit for for driving all of the betting action on uh, Bijan Robinson to the Falcons, but I think I think like to like to think we played at least a small part, right? Um, you know, Aaron Freeman also uh, doing some heavy lifting with Bijan, and the pick makes a lot of sense. This is a Falcons team that has made it clear that they want to use Bijan uh, as a receiver as well. They view him as sort of a, a player that's capable of filling a lot of roles and. That's probably part of the reason why they they elect to not draft a wide receiver at all in this class, which is probably a shock to a lot of people. They also uh, they are bringing in at least two undrafted wide receivers so far that I've seen um, at the time of this recording. So we will see, uh, you know, if anyone else comes in, right? But uh, I, I do think, and I, I said this at the end of the day two show and also in the day three show that. The Falcons are expecting wide receiver Corey Davis to be released by the Jets. And if he is, I would expect them to pounce immediately on signing him. Um, so we will we will see uh, if that happens or not. But at this point, um, the Falcons appear to be relatively comfortable with where they are. Um, I don't know if that means they, they really like, you know, that they, they, maybe they really like Jerry Bernhardt, right? Um, you know, I think they're only likely to keep five receivers. That's what they did last year with Drake London, with Kedarrell Hodge, Scotty Miller, uh, Mac Hollins. You know, if they want to keep Jerry Bernhardt, that's already their fifth guy. So maybe they just didn't view the, that position as big of a need as, as a lot of fans did. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But Let's, uh, you know, Bijan, love the pick. Definitely go back to uh, the the day one recap uh, to get our full takes on that. Adnan joined me for that, um, and we celebrated that pick. So if you want more of a Bijan-specific breakdown, definitely go check that episode out. But we'll start here with Matthew Bergeron, the offensive tackle. Out of Syracuse, uh, Falcons did trade up uh, a few spots to 38 to get Bergeron, and they ended up giving up their earlier fourth-round pick, which was a difference of, like, three picks, so not a huge deal, obviously. But, um they really prioritized him. I think they believed that he was about to be taken as there were several offensive linemen that went uh, after that pick as well before the Falcons were on the clock again. I think the pick sort of surprised people considering that Brian Branch was on the clock there, um, that Keon White was on the clock there, and the Falcons go with an offensive lineman, which I think they sort of, if you believe the rumors that the Falcons were interested in Paris Johnson at eight potentially, then you would probably not have been shocked to see them go with Matthew Bergeron. Um, and this is a pick that if you watched again, the, uh, the final live mock draft on Wednesday, uh, Adnan and I picked Matthew Bergeron at 44 to the Falcons for exactly the same reasons that I think the Falcons selected him. And that is because he is absolutely one of the best run blocking offensive linemen in this class. Um, Bergeron is a, a college tackle. I believe that he's likely to kick inside to guard at the NFL level, but he's certainly capable of playing tackle. Um, I He's got some pass protection issues on the outside, um, some inconsistencies more than anything that will probably remind you of like Caleb McGarry. Uh, Bergeron does have better length, um, but he did improve a lot this year at Syracuse. But I think if you, if you want to minimize those issues and, and put him in the best position to succeed immediately, to hit the ground running, a move to guard, I think, may unlock his highest ceiling. Um, he is a dominant run blocker, and uh, we know how important that is to the Falcons. He will immediately come in and dominate there. Uh, I, I do think that his athleticism is outstanding, especially for tackle, or excuse me, especially for guard, where I think he's a 9.72 RAS. Uh, so elite guard there. Um, 
he he I think actually has pretty clean technique, especially as a run blocker. I think there's a couple of things he can do to fix his pass protection. I think it's all correctable. I think it's coachable. Um, but he's coming in immediately to play left guard uh, and to put and you know the hope is that you can minimize his weaknesses in pass pro on the inside and then also continue to coach that up. But right away you're gonna have him. Uh, crush people on the inside and and you're you're with this pick and Bijan Robinson you know if you if I don't even know if this is a prop you can bet on but Falcons number one rushing attack in the NFL um you know you may want to you may want to smash that uh that prop bet before that line moves uh too far because the Eagles are obviously going to be the favorite because of Jalen Hurts rushing ability but um Matthew Bergeron's really good he's a really smart player obviously we'll have to convert back to guard I believe he has played guard in the past as well as both tackle spots has started 39 games at Syracuse, so he's a lot of experience. Um, he's played both right and left tackle there. So ultimately, I think this is a, a pick that people are really going to warm up to and love uh, in time, and and it really does bolster this offensive line. And and the important thing is, if you wanted to get a good left guard in here, uh, I think it sort of had to be in the draft because I think if if you if you go sign a left guard, you're now paying you know, a lot of guys in your offensive line, big money, three of your five starters, you can't really afford to pay another of those guys big money. You just can't. It, it, it's too hard to make that work. Um, maybe four if you if you really stretch your resources, but they needed to get young, capable guys in there on the offensive line. And I think Bergeron is someone that will be very, very popular in very short order for the Falcons. And uh, really excited that he ended up here. Obviously, I live in Syracuse. I've seen Bergeron play. Uh, he's a great guy. I know they will love his off field as well. He's a leader. Uh, and again, you're just obviously has the, the prototypical size to play tackle, but, um, at guard, the Falcons are building a really large, really strong offensive line that I think, uh, is going to be really dangerous, especially in the run game. And I think Bergeron has all the traits to to develop into a Pro Bowl caliber guard, um, certainly. And again, at, he did play tackle, right? And I don't think he has any size limitations at tackle. I think he'll have a tougher time immediately playing tackle because of those pass protection inconsistencies. But I think at guard, that'll be minimized. So early on, this is your left guard. I believe he's going to be the heavy favorite to win left guard right out of the gate. Uh, but tackle is not out of the question in the future. So, you know, if he if he improves quickly... This could be eventually be your your Jake Matthews or Caleb McGarry's successor. Like I said, he's played both left and right tackle. So if McGarry falters, maybe the Falcons want to give Bergeron an opportunity at right tackle at some point. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's this year, but maybe they, they don't want to end up paying all that money. So we'll see. Uh, but I, I think the pick is really good. I think fans will, will learn to love this one for sure. Um, moving on to the third pick. This is their original third round pick. Uh, this is pick 75 in the third round. And the Falcons do draft an edge rusher. Um, I know fans were clamoring for them to do that both at 8 uh, and then again at 44. They did not, but they did do it at pick 75, getting a guy who I never actually sent to Atlanta um, in Zach Harrison. Uh, I did uh, consider drafting him multiple times and never actually pulled the trigger. So, um, you know, that I, I, I missed there, but, um, Zach Harrison is a really intriguing player, a super, super high traits guy. Uh, Zach Harrison is six foot and a half, 275 pounds. 
and he's got over 36 36-inch arms. Uh, just, I mean, we're talking 98th percentile length. Um, and he jumped out of the gym, right? He had a 10-foot-3 broad jump, which is 92nd percentile, 34.5-inch vertical. And, and his three-cone was pretty good as well. Um, this is a toolsy, high-upside pass rusher um, that I think has the ability to... The ability to uh, immediately contribute as a run defender, the the production as a pass rusher never came consistently for Harrison. Um, he never really lived up to his billing. I think this was like a top five overall recruit, a five star. Um, so he he's a he's a high level prospect um, in terms of like this is this like he's basically like Tyree Wilson light. Um, didn't quite have the production that Tyree Wilson had. Um, but Harrison is that type of guy, that sort of big body developmental edge rusher that I think Ryan Nielsen absolutely wanted to add. Um, and to get, and he's going to be a lot cheaper than a lot of the guys that you were thinking, right? Like cheaper than Keon White, cheaper than obviously Tyree Wilson or any of those first run edge rushers. And I think Harrison, the thing with Harrison is that the ceiling is, is there. Um, like I said, top five overall recruit. The, the measurables are completely prototypical, right? 10 inch hands, 36 and a quarter inch arms, over 6'5, 275. Um, the, the explosiveness is there. He's really, really strong. Um, but it's, it's a work in progress. Harrison is probably not going to be able to give you a lot as a pass rusher right away, but this is a, a, a big, a project guy for Ryan Nielsen. And, Look, we talked about this on previous shows that the Falcons have brought in enough guys in the edge room that Harrison doesn't even really need to be active right away. Um, in years past, this type of pick would be like, oh, well, he needs to play today. Uh, he's our, he's like our second or third best edge rusher right away because of how dire things were at the position. But you look at that group now, not only does he have a perfect mentor in Calais Campbell, who is probably like the the upside version of, of, the, of you know, Harrison. Like this is probably the guy that Harrison is hoping you know, this is his ceiling. Um, you've got Lorenzo Carter, Honor L.B. Katie, D'Angelo Malone, and Bud Dupree in that room now. Five guys that are all capable starting edge rushers. I think D'Angelo Malone, super underrated also. Had a good, should have really been playing a lot more last year. And then Zach Harrison slots in here, and he may not even need to be active. You know, I, I think he's good enough to be active right away. I do think he's he's capable of, of filling that base end role um similar to like what Calais Campbell will be doing as well um he's that bigger guy but I don't think you need to rely on him right away and I think that's a great situation for him he can come in learn under Calais Campbell for a year or maybe more before you have to throw him out there but super high upside perfect guy for Ryan Nielsen to develop really like the Zach Harrison pick um and I I think he'll be able to contribute earlier than people think as a run defender um really excited to see how things go there with Harrison. Next up, fourth round. The Falcons only had one fourth round pick because they did trade the other one as a part of the Matthew Bergeron trade-up. This one, definitely my favorite. Um, probably the best value pick. I think this is probably my favorite pick overall, not counting Bijan, because that that that's just... You have to separate that one. That one's just too, too good, right? Um, so, Clark Phillips III is the pick in the fourth round at pick 113. And I, I think that's an absolute steal. Um, look, he's 5'9", 185, right? So 
he is, and he's got short arms, um, 29 inch arms. Right. So that's why he's, he's available now. But I, I think this guy, Clark Phillips, uh, has, you know, late first, early second round tape. And look, the, the, the truth is he matched, he played against Drake London. He played against Jordan Addison and he played well. Um, he did not have a lot of problems with those matchups. Uh, those are two first round NFL wide receivers. So, um, you know, you look at, um, you know, how he's played. He's, he's really good. He had six interceptions this last year, really good ball Hawk, really smart. He's physical too, despite the size, right? I think he, he finished with a good run defense grade, according to PFF, like a 70.7, which is well above average. That's starting to get into that good range. Um, and was just one of the best one of the best uh cornerbacks in college football last year, no question. Um consensus all American, just twenty one years old. Um and he did it all as an outside corner at five nine. Um so, you know, you're sort of he's a really good player. I I think immediately he's gonna come in and give the Falcons a really, really good option um as as a depth option as like their first man off the bench. That's that's his floor. I think he's absolutely an NFL corner. I have no question about his ability to contribute from day one. He's really polished and and, and really smart. Um, and look, he's a ball hawk too. So every time he's out there, he's going to try to make plays on the football and, and take it away. So um, you look at Clark Phillips, you see the size. Um, and it's important to note that he has played almost entirely on the outside. So, you know, I think long-term in the NFL... It, slot is probably the best spot for him but he hasn't really played a lot of slot so early on you know he may not actually start in the slot um I I think he's a guy that is certainly capable of being a really high level slot player but right off the bat um he may enter the season as the cornerback four that's how good he is that you're getting that level of player that immediate contributor um, in the fourth round. And, um, I, I think he will quickly work his way into the lineup. I have no concerns about Clark Phillips, uh, finding a way onto the field extremely quickly. This guy is really, really good. Um, this is the best value pick the Falcons had in the entire draft. And, uh, I, I think he's an excellent player. Uh, you know, didn't test amazing. Um, ran a four five flat 40, which is still above average for corners guys. Like I know everyone thinks four or five is slow, but that's, I think 66 percentile. So it's still above average had a really strong, uh, 10 yard split and 20 yard split. So his, his short area and mid middle area quickness is really good. It's the, the long speed isn't elite. It's fine. Um, but he's so smart. So, so anticipatory, so instinctive that he, and he's really sticky too. Um, it's just, he, he breaks up a lot of passes. He, he tackles well. Uh, and he's really, really dangerous in terms of in terms, terms of his ability to take the ball away. Um, and I, I think that he's he, you'll love his attitude, right? Um, you you try telling him that he's small, right? Um, and I think uh, I think he's really good. I think this will be one of the best picks in this class. Um, you know, I I mean, I think all the, the thing about this class that I'll talk about at the end is I think you you can like all of these picks certainly you know, seventh round, you know, we'll get to that in a second. But, um, in terms of the, the earlier picks, I think you, the, all of these picks make a ton of sense and all have a lot of opportunity to, to really hit and, and be big hits. Um, and I, I love that. Um, so yeah, I Clark Phillips, really good player. 
one of my my favorite pick, not counting Bijan of this class. And I really like Bergeron too, to be clear. But I, I think this is my favorite one. Um, I think this is he's going to well outplay this. I think this is a day two, early day two caliber player. Um, that I think will find a way onto the field very, very quickly in Atlanta and, and really impress people. Um, now we go to the two seventh rounders, the Falcons for the first time under Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith made seventh round picks. Uh, we have two of them. They were back to back. Uh, the first one you will probably recognize the second one. You probably will not. Um, (laughs) so that that's fun. Um, the first one was a safety, which was a position that we thought that the Falcons were going to try to add. Uh, that's DeMarco Hellams out of Alabama. Um, who played an interesting role there. Definitely um, a big safety, right, box type of player. Really good run defender, really good tackler, um, physical player. Um, You know, athletically not crazy, you know, not something, not overly impressive. He does have that great size. He has played all over the secondary, so he's got that versatility. But this is a guy you probably want to be playing in the box to be someone who's maybe a big nickel type of player. I think he's a, a good a good player against tight ends. Um, I do wonder how good he's going to be able to cover those faster running backs. Um, and I don't really think he's someone you want. I don't really think he's someone you want covering a lot of receivers, but he's physical. He's going to come up and tackle. And I think he's an impact special teams guy. Um, and look, the Falcons were looking for safety depth. And I, I think Helms is a guy that is, is probably a favorite early favorite for that fourth safety spot. Uh, you know, fifth safety spot at worst. Um, you know, athletically not overly impressive again, but, um, physical, big and, uh, talented. I mean, play, you know, a starter at Alabama, right. Um, who played all over that defense. He was trusted with a lot of responsibilities. He led Alabama in tackles, uh, like period, like 108 total tackles. Um, and he had seven passes defensed, which when you consider that he's not at this outstanding athlete, you know, he's, he's. He's, he's a smart player. Um, and I, I, you know, again, seventh round, not the, there's going to be warts on your game. Um, but I think that at this point in the draft, he, he's a, he's a value. He's a guy that's, that's a favorite, strong contender for the roster without a doubt. And you can't really always say that about seventh round picks. I think he's got a clear path to that fourth safety spot. Um, and again, when you lead Alabama's defense and tackles, it's, it's, it means something, right? It's important. Um, Final pick of the draft, a uh, guy that I honestly have not even scouted. I don't really know a ton about. I looked him up. I, I watched, you know, some brief highlights before the show, so I, I won't be able to give you like a deep dive. But Jovan Gwynn uh, from South Carolina, who was a guard. Um, and the the sort of consensus that I'm reading is that it's expected that Gwynn will be a center at the NFL level um, due, to, due to some size limitations, right? Um Gwyn, let me run his his RAS at center. Um, but Gwyn is just uh, 6'2", 297, so a little bit on the smaller size, right? Um, does have pretty good athleticism, right? I think he's like an 8-something RAS, um, but small. You know, definitely small for guard, um, but as a developmental center, uh, I, I think he's intriguing, Right. Um, you know, he's a I think a seven seven eight one RAS at guard and then at center he is a seven three nine. Yeah, so he's above average athlete, obviously strong RAS. Um thirty-four reps on the bench, uh, which is really good. That's ninety-sixth percentile. Um, hit a really strong broad jump, uh 
nine foot broad jump. That's 88th percentile. Um, and I think that, that he's, he's athletic. He's really, really strong. Um, I think he's a multiple year team captain, um, really, really good run blocker. And, um, really it's, it's physical limitations, right? Um, you know, six, two under 300 pounds, uh, under 32 inch arms. So, you know, obviously tackles not in his future, <laughs> but, um, I think he's, he's actually quite technically sound, uh, and I think he's a good player. So this is a guy I think that that is a potential, uh, you know, reserve center for an NFL team. I, I don't know if he's really got that starting upside that you're looking for, but for depth purposes, you know, the Falcons are, are looking for depth there. Um, you know, Matt Hennessy probably is going to be competing for a left guard. Do they do they like him at center? Um, you know, Gwynn, obviously, I, I think it would be kind of a tall order for him to be the Falcons backup center right out of the gate, considering he's never played it. So would you really trust that guy to be your, your first man up at center? But again, if the Falcons do elect to keep Hennessy, maybe they keep Gwynn as their like interior, one of their interior backups. And then they have Hennessy to step in as that secondary center. But um, yeah, he started 47 games over the last three seasons, really experienced. It's really just the size. Um, I, I do think he's a really smart, technically sound player and a really good run blocker. So we know those are things that the Falcons really value. Again, multiple year team captain, um, someone that coaches rave about, right? So this is a guy that uh, I think, you know, has a decent chance to stick. Um, if not on the roster, then I think practice squad is certainly uh, a very likely place for, for Gwyn to to be able to stick. I think that uh, this is an interesting one, not when I was seeing uh, coming after the Matthew Bergeron selection. But um, again, you know, I think this is a guy that the Falcons like. They, they like these high character guys. And I think it shows you again that uh, they're, they're, they're trying to bring in a lot of competition, bring in a lot of talent on the, on the offensive line and make it really a competitive camp on the offensive line. This is going to be an extremely competitive camp. I can tell you that right now. Um, and, that's the draft. Uh, those those are the six picks. Um, you know, you guys know I I'm a big fan of Bijan Robinson. Love that pick. I, I love the Bergeron pick. I think fans will really love him in short order. Um, Zach Harrison is is definitely the most wait and see of these guys. I I think that we may not get much from Zach Harrison this year, other than maybe some some good run stuffing. Um, but that one is is one that could really mature and and be a big hit in a couple of years. Um. And then we go to the fourth round where we get Clark Phillips, just an absolute steal at that point of the draft. I, I think he will be a, a big time, big time value there. And then the two seventh rounders, uh, DeMarco Helms, I think has a great chance to make the roster as the fourth safety. And then Jovan Gwynn, um, you know, I like him. I, I I love the name. It's a really cool name, uh, Jovan Gwynn. And, and, you know, that's pretty much all I've seen so far. So I can't comment too much on the, the actual film, but um He's a really good player. It seems like it seems like he's pretty underrated. Um, other than the transition to center, which may be tough, you know, uh, it's going to take some time. I think uh, Gwyn is an interesting one for sure. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes in camp. Which is at this point, guys, we got OTAs in camp, and then and then that like we're we're all we're there, right? We're we're almost to the twenty. 23 season. So this, this puts a bow on this draft class. Um, obviously by the time you listen to this, you'll probably know who the Falcons undrafted free agents are. I'm sure they've already started coming in. I know they've signed at least two, uh, at least two wide receivers. Right. Um, so, you know, we will, uh, we will see, uh, what, who the, who the, the players are that, uh, 
<laughs> that, that the Falcons had to bring an undrafted free agency. Um, and it's a fun class. We'll see again um, what the the undrafted situation looks like. Obviously, I think wide receiver is one they've already brought in two. Um, you know, I don't know where else they're really going to prioritize linebacker. makes a lot of sense, really, if they're looking to, to add guys there. Um, I, I also think there's a couple of guys that are probably on speed dial in terms of veterans. They didn't add a linebacker in the draft, so I wonder if we're going to see uh, Rashawn Evans re-signed pretty, pretty quickly here. Tight end, didn't see anyone's, didn't any, any additions there. So I wonder if, if Michael Pruitt will be called up. Um, I would definitely bring back both those guys in a heartbeat. And then, um, again, monitoring Corey Davis, seeing if he's released, um, because I think that's the one spot where you would really like to get another reliable plus target at wide receiver. We know Corey Davis is a great run blocker too. So that checks their Arthur Smith box. Um, and, uh, I, I like it. I, I think we, you know, we could see a couple more signings, maybe some cuts and, uh, this Falcons roster will get rolling. Uh, and uh, we'll have more analysis on the roster and the possible construction and, and camp battles obviously coming over the next few weeks into June uh, as we get closer and closer to camp in July. We'll have OTAs coming in May as well. Um, but yeah, a fun draft cycle. Uh, had a lot, had a blast covering it with all of you guys. I um, appreciate everyone for joining up and following us to our new uh, podcast, Day and Dirty Birds and Brews. Uh, just really appreciate the support there from everyone. Um, Shout out to Believe Network for picking up the show. Uh, I appreciate you guys as well. Uh, that, you know, didn't really, didn't have, a, you know, we were without a publisher for like two weeks. Uh, so that was nice uh, for me to not have to continue looking for all that stuff. Um, and yeah, uh, again, guys, like, subscribe on YouTube. Leave us that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, you can sign up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash Live if you want to support us. Get access to mostly ad-free uh shows the, the the bet online read will probably still be in there um so i apologize for that it takes a long time to go edit it out of these recordings um but uh there will be no more no other ads in there i promise um so there's also lots of cool stuff like our we did our patron mock draft we do q a sessions at least once a month uh and we do of course uh, we're gonna have some other fun stuff this offseason to pass the time so again guys thank you so much for tuning in thanks for joining us for this year's NFL draft. Thanks to everyone also for for those that, that tuned into the 2023 draft party. That was a blast. Uh, thanks to all of our guests as well. Um, we will be back, like I said, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern for our draft recap. Uh, and, you know, we'll talk about these undrafted free agents and get, get some other takes in here on, on how this draft class went. But uh, until then, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Dirty Birds and Brews br- uh, presented by Bet Bet Online. Uh, we'll see you next time on the show, guys. Have a great day.